Mix in the Dark. Hey, what's up? It's Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. I don't say this often, but I need you to listen to this introduction before you start the story. I want you to know that this story touches on a very sensitive experience. It has experiences of child abuse and trauma. It also has a part where it alludes to suicide. If this is something that you do not feel comfortable listening to, I urge you to skip this episode. This episode is not suitable for minors, so parents, please listen to it first. A Hmong elder told me this story. A few things have been altered or changed to protect the identities of the people in this story. As a parent, I can honestly tell you that I was on the verge of tears. I felt really heartbroken for the experience that this individual had to endure, and I felt it for days. Unfortunately, these things happen, and they are still happening. Real, true-life experiences like this scare me the most. It is also Independence Day, which is when the 13 original colonies became an independent country from Great Britain. Nowadays, people shoot fireworks and take advantage of this time to celebrate anything with their friends and family, as you should. I want to challenge you to think about your identity living in America, the privileges you may have, the struggles you've had, and taking all of your experiences to move forward. I want to thank this elder for telling me this story in great detail because it really allowed me to experience just a little bit of the fear, confusion, and trauma that happened. Thank you for opening up to me and the Mix in the Dark listeners. Last thing is shoutouts to the one person from Montana that downloads my podcast episodes weekly. According to my Buzzsprout stats, there's exactly one download per week from Montana, which can only mean that there is exactly one Mix in the Dark listener from Montana. I appreciate you. I will be heading home from Montana at this point, so I am leaving all of you with this very special episode to dwell on. I wish everyone peace and love as we tune into this episode. Please enjoy. This story is titled Filthy Orphans. Unfortunately, I am the oldest of those filthy orphans. In this culture, the term orphan or minyonjua is the lowest label you could place on someone. It allows others to step on you, to spit at you, to curse at you, and to disrespect you all because you no longer have parents. You no longer have someone to protect you. You are seen as a disease and a misfortune. Although I am a filthy orphan, please listen to my story. I am an older man now, probably the age of most of your grandparents. I am sorry to tell you that this story has nothing to do with ghosts, but it is how people treated us that felt like we were living in hell amongst the ghosts. At the time, we were living in Laos. I was seven years old. I had one older brother and two younger brothers. My older brother was around 12 years old. 
My younger brothers were five and two years old. Our family was just like anybody's family. We were happy, growing, and comfortable. We worked for our food just like anybody. We had a family, we had friends, we had respect. One day, we were headed out to the garden like we normally would. My dad often carried a pocket knife with him. He didn't have a pouch or anything fancy to put in it. He just kept it hanging on his belt. On this particular day, my dad slipped on a rock, and that is when the tragedy started. His pocket knife pierced the side of his stomach. During this time, we did not have technology to call an ambulance like we would today. We did not have a car to drive him to a nearby doctor. All we could do was cry. My dad was bleeding hard. My five-year-old brother was with me. He didn't know anything but to cry. I told him that he needed to stay with my dad and that I would run back to the village to my older brother and mom. I remember the panic in my heart that kept me running all the way home. I finally reached my mom and told her what happened. She alerted my older brother and some of the village people nearby to help. They shook their heads and told her to prepare his passing clothes. I heard the deep, haunting cries of my mother as she pulled out my dad's moan clothes. In our culture, when someone is about to pass, we dress them in their best clothing because they will have a long journey ahead to the afterlife. My mom placed my youngest brother on her back. We raced to the area where my dad pierced himself with his pocket knife. The townspeople followed. They would bring my dad's body back. As we neared my dad's dying body, I could hear my little brother crying. I felt the fear in his trembling cries. My brother was now soiled in blood from trying to cover my dad's wounds. He saw us coming so he ran toward my mom to hold her. My mom ignored him for the time being. My older brother and my mom quickly slipped on my dad's best outfit. She held him in her arms one last time to say goodbye. As soon as she did, I heard my dad take his very last breath and he collapsed onto her arms. The days following would hold my dad's funeral rituals to send him off to the afterlife and his burial. The weeks following would hold my mom's silent cries at night as she hides her pain from us kids. It has only been a few months. One day we heard the strange knock at our door. I heard voices of a few men outside and wasn't sure what all the commotion was about. My mom went to answer the door. As soon as she did, one of the men announced who he was and immediately dragged my mom away. She screamed and begged for anyone's help. Because we did not have a father, everyone witnessing turned a blind eye. My two brothers and I screamed and cried, begging them to not take our mom away. At one point, I saw my older brother was able to reach one of the men's arms. I jumped on that man to try to help pry his arm away from my mom. He shook me off and pushed me down. He kicked my brother's stomach, making him fall to the ground. By the time I got up, they already had my mom in the back of a truck and had started to drive away. I chased after them. All I could remember was that they became smaller and smaller and finally, I couldn't see them anymore. And my legs... They finally gave up. I felt down, and all I could do was cry. They took my mom away. I later learned from my relatives that the men came to Ji, my mom, 
The word Ji and Meng literally translates to drag. This happened because the men wanted to marry my mom, and unfortunately back then, this was how you can force someone into marriage. They wouldn't let us see my mom. The wedding happened without us ever knowing when or where. All we knew was that we were now orphans. Because our father was gone and my mom was married off, no one cared about us. We were filthy orphans. For the next few weeks, my older brother tried his best to take care of us. We were still very young and did not know much. We could only do what we learned from my parents. I gathered water across the village each morning while my brother went to help other families in their gardens and returned for rice grains so that we could have something to eat. We did what we could. One morning, my older brother did not wake up early like he usually would. He was always up before all of us to set a small fire to keep us warm. I remember thinking that it was so odd. I sat up to nudge him awake, asking him if he was okay. There was no sound from him. I tried again. He didn't wake up. It was then that I started sobbing quietly, knowing that we lost him and that he too was not going to come back. Because my older brother loved us, he made sure that we had something to eat, even if it meant that he did not get anything to eat. He would starve for days, all the while still working hard and making sure that we had time for laughter despite all we went through. I was only seven and I had no idea how I was going to survive. I had two younger brothers with me. I cannot do it alone. I cried to my older brother, hoping that he would miraculously wake up and that all of this was just a very bad dream. I never did wake up from that dream. Eventually, I cried to our distant uncle in the village and let him know that my older brother is no longer living. He helped me bury my brother. There was no funeral because we were orphaned kids. I remember my brothers and I sitting by my older brother's grave. I wasn't crying, but my little five-year-old brother was. The pain was so much that it was like I was no longer in my body. I was just kind of watching it all happen. I remember I was holding my two-year-old brother. He was still just a baby. He had just learned how to walk not too long ago. He just sat there with us, not having a clue in the world of what was happening. Eventually, our distant uncle decided that he would take us in. When I found out, I was relieved to finally have a family again. Our uncle had five children. I imagined being able to play with them and to go to the garden with them. I imagined being able to go to school with them. On the day my uncle took us in, the first thing he did was search our house for any goods. He took anything of value and told us that he was going to store it for us until we were old enough to take care of it. Then he walked us to his garden area away from the village and told us that we were to sleep at the garden house and watch the land. The first night at the garden was brutal. The garden house was a simple build. It had a dirt floor and a simple roof made from dried leaves. My older brother usually made the fires. I had no idea how to make a fire. There were no walls, so we slept in complete darkness. I couldn't sleep because I was afraid of animals, monsters, and ghosts. 
My youngest brother kept crying because he was starving, and we did not have any food. I cradled him as best I could with my little arms, and after a few hours, he finally fell asleep. My five-year-old brother also slept by me, holding me as tight as he could. I couldn't imagine what was going through his mind. That night, I accepted our fate. Our uncle had his own motives. He knew that my mom could not come back for us and that her new family was not looking for us. He did not take us to become part of his family. We were going to be his slaves. The months to come would be our darkest yet. Because my five-year-old brother and I were older, able to communicate, and do a few things, our daily job was to tend to the garden, gather vegetables for the family, carry water, and help out in other gardens as needed in order to earn money and tools for my uncle. Our uncle's children were not so kind to us. They would bully us by hitting us with sticks. They would call us nasty names and make sure that we felt our lowest. Just like their dad, they would whip our legs with belts if we did not complete a task fast enough. I hated that we couldn't say or do anything because we were orphans. Who else would take us in? Our aunt wasn't the most supportive of having extra mouths to feed. They already have five children. Why would they want to take in three more, right? The only meals I remember from them was rice with water mixed with a handful of rice hull or rice husk. Rice husk is the hard shell or coating of the rice grain. This part of the rice is not meant to be eaten, but our aunt mixed it with our rice to make it seem like our bowls were the same size as everyone else's. We did not complain because if we did, it would mean no food the next day. Sometimes they would smash small grains of rice to make into soup for us so that they wouldn't have to use a lot of rice grains on us. My youngest brother suffered the most. We were a little older and were often at the garden so that we could at least steal vegetables to eat. My baby brother was left with our uncle's family. Mind you, he was only two years old and knew little to nothing. He could only communicate through a few words and phrases. Every time he cried because he was hungry, our cousins disciplined him by placing burning sticks on his back. I felt so bad for him because I was not there to protect him. They wouldn't let us take him to the garden with us either because they said that he was too small and would slow us down. My baby brother suffered such deep burns on his back that it was filled with large blisters and it looked like it was rotting. He didn't know anything and he just kept crying from the pain. At night, my uncle forced my brother and I to sleep at the garden house area. They kept my baby brother with them, but they left him outside of their house with a small fireplace to sleep, not caring whether or not he would burn himself. It was like they didn't care enough to kill him, but didn't care enough to keep him alive either. There was this mama cat that came around every night to sleep by the fireplace outside. Every night, my baby brother would sleep with the cat to keep warm and drink milk from this mama cat. He survived because this mama cat was around. With the little words that he knew, he called this cat mom because it provided him warmth, protection, and milk, and it continued to do that for at least a year. Word spread that my baby brother was lazy, was a curse, and that he could not do much because of a bad back. 
There was this couple in a nearby village that couldn't have children. They heard of my filthy orphaned baby brother, so they asked my uncle if they could have him. Without giving a second thought, he agreed to give my baby brother away. My brother and I did not even get a chance to say goodbye to him. The decision was made, and he was already given away by the time we got to the house. In a way, I was happy for him that he is escaping this hell, but scared that the two couples would not love him. I could go on and on about how wrongly my uncle's family treated us as orphans, but it would be much too long of a story. I'll get to the part where the war happened, which was years later. We continued being slaves for my uncle until the war, when we decided that our only escape was to become soldiers. The war horror stories can be saved for another time. I am going to skip to the part where we made it to Thailand and then eventually found sponsors to immigrate to America. My brother and I were separated at war. We found each other again in America. As for my baby brother, we found out years later after immigrating to America that he made it to Thailand during the war and is still living there. We were even able to go back and visit him. He told us that when he left with the two couples, they took him to the doctors to heal his back and they treated him as if he was their own. I couldn't explain the joy that I had in my heart when I heard this from him. It was only a few years ago when we saw my uncle and his children again at a funeral in California. They avoided any contact with us and couldn't even look us in the eye to say something as simple as hello. I wonder if they have regrets. I wonder how their hearts can do something like that to their own family members. I wonder where their minds are at now and if they are still the same disgusting people that tortured my brothers and I in Laos. Fortunately, this sad story had an ending. All my life, I only knew darkness, greed, and unfairness. I remember the times I thought of leaving the world, but I also thought of my brothers and that I am the only family they have left. I thought of my pain when my parents and my older brother left. I wonder where my mom is and if she thinks of us. I wonder how her life is. I urge you to think about the wealth that you have in your lives. By wealth, I don't mean money. I mean love, support, family, a home. I urge you to cherish this wealth because life is unpredictable and you cannot afford to lose any of that wealth. And lastly, I thank you for taking the time to listen to a filthy orphan's story. Thank you for listening to Mix in the Dark. I am your host, Maye. Mix in the Dark is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast series. If you have a story that you would like to share, please send it to mixinthedark at gmail.com. If there's a story that you really enjoyed, feel free to hit up my tip jar on Venmo. Just search Mix in the Dark on the business tab.